Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Puerto Rico's governor, Pedro Pierluisi, was in Washington last week meeting with the Biden administration for a pretty important reason. He wants to improve the island's power grid ASAP. See, hurricane season officially started at the beginning of June. And while the island has not been hit by a major hurricane in nearly five years, the last major storm, Hurricane Maria, caused nearly 3,000 deaths and decimated the island's electric grid. Another concern is Luma Energy, the private company that took over the island's power grid one year ago. Luma's performance has been heavily criticized, especially since Puerto Rico continues to be plagued by paralyzing power outages. Both of these concerns come as the island is not only looking to rebuild and repair the grid, but also hoping to reach its legally enshrined target of obtaining 100% of its electricity from renewable sources by 2050. So today, we check in with Politico's Gloria Gonzalez, who talked to Puerto Rico's governor about what he's asking of the Biden administration, what barriers exist to expanding renewable energy on the island, and how Luma has performed in its first year. It's Thursday, June 9th. Gloria, you spoke with Puerto Rico's governor, who was recently in town meeting with Biden administration officials about his efforts to rebuild the island's grid five years after Hurricane Maria decimated the grid. So how has the recovery played out? It's been incredibly slow process for the people of Puerto Rico and quite frankly, frustrating for them, because as you noted, it has been nearly five years since Hurricane Maria decimated the island's power grid. And yet it's only been in the last month or so that projects are starting to be approved and moving forward in the process. The governor was here to talk to administration officials, and he had a lot of high praise for the Biden administration in the sense of they are prioritizing reconstruction projects for the grid. The Biden administration has been a blessing in removing bureaucratic restrictions we were facing before my tenure. But at this point, there's only been 18 projects that have been approved. So out of the hundreds of projects that are going to have to happen in order to fully repair and restore the grid. So it definitely has been a slow process, but they are starting to see some of the fruits of that labor. Great. And the governor did share with you some of his main asks to the administration to help facilitate the ongoing reconstruction of the island. So what exactly were those asks? Yes, he had a number of asks. For the DOE, for example, he's asking for the DOE to provide a lot of technical support and its expertise to the rebuilding process. For example, the DOE is going to put out a report for Puerto Rico that will advise the island on how to rebuild its grid. In addition to that, though, he's hoping that the DOE can provide some support and expertise in evaluating some of the projects 
that are going to be needed to repair the grid. One of those types of projects is microgrids. He talked a lot about the fact that because of the fragility of the grid, microgrids are going to be very important on the island in order to provide reliable power going forward. He's also asking the department to help in the sense of evaluating a potential proposed offshore wind project. Now that is very, very early stages of discussion, not anywhere near close to being completed, but it is something that he feels could play an integral role in providing reliable power to the island going forward. Aside from DOE, he talked to a number of different agencies. He met with EPA Administrator Michael Regan to talk about the issues of air quality on the island. One of the challenges Puerto Rico has from an air quality perspective is that it is heavily reliant on oil for its energy needs. And that, of course, creates challenges from a climate and air quality perspective. So he's working with the EPA to try to work on a state implementation plan that will acknowledge that and help meet those requirements from whatever SIP emerges for the island, but with their full acknowledgement that right now the island is heavily dependent on fossil fuels. So there's going to have to make some adjustments there. Yeah, and we know Puerto Rico is looking to reimagine its grid as it rebuilds here. So what were the barriers that the governor mentioned that exist to actually achieve its ambitious goals? We know that Puerto Rico has a legally mandated target of obtaining all of its electricity from renewable sources by 2050, but you report they're sitting at just 3% right now. Indeed, there are some interim targets between now and 2050, but even those are going to be an incredible challenge over the next few years to achieve. We'll do whatever we need to do to meet that goal. That's why I'm not being shy about asking for help wherever I need it. I think one of the biggest challenges that he talked about was the fact that they do have some solid plans in place, but actually going from planning to getting these projects approved, constructed, implemented, and actually helping to produce power on the island is probably one of the biggest challenges that they're going to face. Getting financing for these projects is another major challenge. The island does have about $10 billion available through FEMA funds for reconstruction of the power grid. That's probably not going to be enough to fully repair and rebuild the grid. So they're going to have to rely on other funding sources to try to finance some of this clean energy transition. Right. And did the governor clarify if he has a preference for entirely more renewables versus any type of fossil fuel generation, or is there a role he's envisioning for natural gas in the interim, as they also look to maintain reliability. He stressed that he is most interested in renewable projects, and he noted that the island's law really requires the island to lean into renewables heavily and to the exclusion of all other types of generation. However, he did acknowledge that given the ongoing challenges in providing reliable power to the island, there may be some need to rely on some fossil sources of generation. While we transform the system, we need to avoid blackouts. And if I'm given a choice between burning oil or diesel or coal or LNG, I'd rather do LNG. You know, to me, it's, it's a no-brainer. So he wasn't expressing that it's his preference. He was saying that more if 
the delayed transition to renewables to clean energy on the island occurs, if there's any sort of long transition period, then the island may have to use LNG in the interim to continue to help provide reliable power. Interesting. And June 1st, we know, was a big date for Puerto Rico. It's the one-year anniversary of private company Luma Energy taking over the island's power grid from the government-run PREPA, which a lot of our listeners probably remember was plagued by financial mismanagement and frequent outages. Now, Luma has been also heavily criticized since the island continues to face power outages. So how did the governor evaluate Luma's performance so far? Indeed, he noted that there have been some growing pains, some challenges in the first year of Luma taking over the grid, most of which he characterized as communication issues, because he did praise the company from a labor perspective in terms of its vegetation management initiatives, which is a big problem in certain areas of the island where growth will interfere with the power lines. But he did acknowledge that people were rightly frustrated with a lot of these ongoing power outages. Unfortunately, we had that huge blackout recently, and it's being investigated to find uh, or determine what was the reason for for the malfunction. Just recently, the island lost power for basically four and a half days. It was a massive power outage on the island, and it took a while to get that power back ramped up and One of the things I think that Luma has done a little better from that perspective is that they were more communicative during that recent outage than they have been in the past. So it seems like they're taking the advice of the governor and other people that they need to be transparent from that perspective. Luma is also challenged by the fact, as you referenced, the grid really decayed under Prepa's management. Prepa had a lot of financial troubles, and even before the hurricane, was having issues with delayed maintenance and not rebuilding core parts of the power grid. So these are some legacy power issues that the island is continuing to deal with that really stretch beyond Luma's taking over of the grid. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.